Welcome to the Drink to the Past Podcast. Not Cod Past? Not Cod Past. Like, if you could see into a Cod's Past, would you? Sure. I'd probably see mostly swimming. Maybe some shitting in its own home. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Like, that's what I would expect. Hmm. And then, you know, being caught, filleted, and thrown on a bun. Tartar mm. sauce. Tasty. Fucking delicious. Actually, I'm not much for cod. Yeah. Cod's okay. Like, as far as fish goes, it's like, it's a go-to most places, but it's not, it, it's very far from the best fish. Yeah, I, well, I guess that's true. I'll I feel th- like it's just prevalent enough and easy enough to, like, mass produce like, that it just gets around. Mostly all right with, like, salmon and tilapia yeah but uh, i'm not much of a fish mahi. guy otherwise yeah i like fucking trout obviously you know living in yeah. colorado that's yeah. mostly what you fish for because that's yeah. mostly what we got we got trout got some bass we got some fucking catfish but not as big catfish as like the south the south yeah yeah they got bigger catfish south got big ass not that catfish. we got you know terrible cat because I've, I've gone catfishing before got some pretty good fucking catfish I've never gone catfishing yeah I got a magical secret recipe for uh, catfish bait, which is you just take some jello powder and cut up a bunch of hot dogs and shove it in a Ziploc bag and shake it up. Oh, that sounds probably much more effective than what I was thinking of for I catfish have, bait. I've caught every catfish I ever caught on that shit. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess that's effective. Yeah, seems to be. More I mean, effective than jizzing in the water? A little bit. Yeah. I don't know. That might work. I'll try it next time. I think that was uh, almost a record one minute 58 before I mentioned jizz. Yep. Yep. We're getting further <laughs> into the podcast every time. <laughs> or shorter into the podcast. Yeah. Eventually, this will be family friendly. No. No. That's that's a lie. Like, eventually, at this rate, we'll just, like, we'll start recording, we'll open our beers, and we'll both just say jizz. <laughs> That'll be the theme uh. song. <laughs> Hello, Internet. I am Sean Michael Patrick Thompson. As always, I am your host, and this is... Chris, some of a last name, Audet. Just some of a last name, so you're Audet, not Audet. Audet. I can't do it. Cool. Good right. for us. Anyways, um, if you like Drink to the Past, please support us, uh, share, and uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, we will eventually have a giveaway. I don't know. If we have, like, 50 subscribers, then they will do a giveaway, I guess. Yeah. Um, I still have this uh, lens cleaning wipe that Chris gave me for, uh, if you can guess oh, our... Oh, la- oh, nope, nope, nope. He's going to use the lens cleaning wipe. Okay, so that is no longer our giveaway. The giveaway officially ends right now for the lens cleaning wipe. So we're doing our next giveaway. If you get, you know, if you're, uh, if we get 50 subscribers, then I'll do something on Twitter or something for uh, for a giveaway. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so anyways, also just, you know, if you like us, then support us. You know, anybody you know, say, hey, listen to this podcast. They're pretty cool. Um, so anyways, uh, this week I am drinking apple cider because I have been at the Great American Beer Festival all night and I have already drunk one fuckload of beer. So I am not drinking more beer tonight because I'm already like, like probably maybe shouldn't have driven home. <laughs> oh, wow. But I, I, I made it. So uh, mostly I took the train. I, I was smart enough to take it. I drove to the park and ride and took the train out to the beer festival. 
so most of the way was was okay. And in, like I, I don't think I'm actually that drunk still, but like I'm like, you don't like seem I, more drunk than usual. Yeah, right. Wait, is that a good thing? <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. I don't know. Developing slight headaches, so I'm gonna drink apple cider. Maybe that'll help me. Mm. Not have a hangover in the morning. I have no fucking clue. What you drinking? Incredible Petal India Pale Ale. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. It's, it's kind of what I would think. It, it is very India Pale Ale. Yeah, when you think of an India Pale Ale, it's, it's pretty much. I'm, it's I'm getting what I expect yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rate that? Three to seventeen. Fourteen. It's teen. That's it's, solid. It's like a classic. It's All pretty right. good. Pretty good. Yeah, that's a Denver Beer Company. I uh, thought about stopping by them. They had a long line at the beer festival, uh, so I did not stop by them. Or did I? Maybe I did. I don't... Hold on. I stopped by a lot of fucking places. Did you get your back padded by the homeless guy this time? I get what? Did you get your back padded by the homeless guy? No. Is that what happened to us? Yeah. That sounds like something that would have happened to us. Because I I took you once or twice, didn't I? Yeah. We should go again. Yeah. I didn't have enough people to invite this time. So, uh, yeah, me and Troy went tonight, and I'll go with Tyler tomorrow. So, yeah, it'll be a good time. Eventually, I'll take you. Maybe I'll take you again next year. It'll be good. Yeah. And we'll drink lots of beer. Because that's what they have there. I thought about, like, bringing the mic and, like, doing some interviews for the podcast while I was there. But then I was like, nah, I'm going to get too hammered. <laughs> You're just gonna go up and slur your questions at them. And just be like, be like, "Hi, sir, me, would what? you like to be on a podcast?" Who the fuck are you? Go the fuck away. <laughs> Why are you holding a microphone and a bagpipe? <laughs> I'll drink to that. Why not? <laughs> this is good apple cider. I like apple cider. Uh, next week is Cider Fest. Remember that time we went to that? Were you there? I don't think I was there. Okay. Today. Yeah, I went with uh, Peyton and. Somebody else one time. Peyton and Mysterious Question Mark Man. Yeah, that dick. That's how I'm imagining him now. Mm. It's like the character you haven't unlocked yet in a fighting game. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Tyler. Anyways, went to Cider Fest one time. It was okay. It's like a small festival. Basically, the big draw is like if you bring your own apples, you can squish them into cider. Huh. You can use their cider. The Question Mark Man is too tall to be Tyler. Mm, yes, that, that's a thing. Because he is taller than a flea. And so, Tyler is, so is it just as like tall as a flea. Any kind of apples? As far as I know. I think there was like a limit to how many. you Like you could only do one batch each so that everybody could get through the line. Because they had like five or six cider presses or something. Yeah, And you could sense. throw your apples in the cider press, squish them out, get your bottles of cider, and move on. It was kind of a, what it looked like. I, I, you might have had to pay money for that too. I'm not sure, because uh, some of the stuff was paid and some of. The, so mostly, I showed up and actually I drank like a fucking Sam Adams Oktoberfest or something. Because I le- I was like I I haven't had any of these ciders, or I I've had all of the ciders, but I haven't had the Oktoberfest. And now I've had Sam Adams Oktoberfest probably every year since then because that was several years ago. And Sam Adams is one of the Oktoberfests that just kind of gets around. I don't think I had any Oktoberfests at Beer Fest today. I might have to fix that. Kind of, yeah, kind of against the season. Yeah, because the, you know, obviously Beer Fest is right always happens at the same time as Martin Lagers are suddenly getting big and pumpkin ales. And actually, I didn't see very many of either. I saw, I don't think I saw any pumpkin ales. Pumpkin ales? Yeah. How long has that been a thing? 
Uh, several years, um, at okay. least. Maybe longer than that, uh, but since I've paid attention. I feel like they're usually pretty big at uh, Great American Beer Festival, at least, because it happens like right before October, or in in this case, today is uh, early October. Um, so, yeah. Usually, I feel like there's some pumpkin ales. I had one pumpkin ale, not at GABF, but uh, a few weeks ago, I had my first pumpkin ale of the season. was actually really good. I uh, can't remember who made it. It was a pumpkin coffee stout, which was really fucking interesting because it's got uh, kind of those pumpkin spice flavors you might expect, like the cinnamon and uh, whatever the fuck else they put in pumpkin pie. Pumpkin? I don't fucking know. Yeah, pumpkin. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then with Not the coffee flavor in there, it was pretty good. Yeah. But, yeah, that actually does sound pretty good. Yeah. You drink the shit out of that. Oh, drink the shit out of that, yeah. All right. Uh, Shall we move on to our news topics? Yes. So, Sean is not drinking something stupid. because I thought about it. I actually put up a game on Twitter uh, for uh, suggest a drink. Um, So, I'm going to start doing this like you have to suggest a drink ingredient that uh, is reminiscent of uh, Zelda character because we're drink to the past. We're a little... A little Zelda themed. We're mostly general gaming, but you know, a little bit like like Zelda has probably been mentioned in every episode. Maybe I would be. I mean, it is a drink to the past. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll pick a Zelda character, and everybody suggest an ingredient that makes you think of that character. And of course, Crow, who you might recognize as a regular guest on the podcast, was the first person to reply, and he said, "Moss." I'm like. Fuck you, Crow. I have to drink moss now. <laughs> so I'm going to have to figure that out. I looked up a couple of recipes because uh, I, I was just kind of looking for what kind of mosses were edible and if I could just go to a tree and find some moss. And some mosses are edible and some mosses will fucking kill you. So, so I'm not going to go to that. a tree. Uh, but I found some like uh, moss, like edible moss kind of recipes for like stuff that looks like moss, but it's edible. So I might just make something like that and then mix it into a drink. I'm not sure yet. Uh, yeah. I thought you were saying, think of a character and an ingredient that goes with that character. I'm like, so that almost immediately means someone's going to say tingle and use condoms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But am I the kind of person that says tingle for anything? Fuck tingle. No. I hate tingle. Fuck tingle. Mm. Americans hate tingle. Yeah. He's got like three spin-off games in Japan, though. Like, what the fuck? Japan loves him. I Could don't they know. not have Something, made something like about a... being a 35-year-old fairy who's trying to run away from his life really speaks to them. I guess. Oh, those silly Japanish people. <laughs> uh, they die from overwork. We're terrible. Anyways, <laughs> mo- uh, new stuff. Uh, Jeff Kaplan, the vice president at Blizzard Entertainment, says that Super Smash Brothers can have any Overwatch character they want. What do you think about that? But which one, though? <laughs> uh, he actually suggested Tracer. Uh, Tracer being, like, the most popular character, being the mascot of Overwatch, basically. Yeah. Uh, so that was the one that he said, if I could pick, I'd pick Tracer, but all of them would deserve the spot. It's kind of how he was looking at it. Which, I, from the character design, I don't think is necessarily unjustified to say that, but at the same time, I don't think it's as iconic an IP as Super Smash Brothers is really looking for. Yeah. 
And also, at the same time, I feel like Super Smash Brothers has four out of its five uh, DLC fighters revealed for its first wave. And then they just said, hey, we're working on more DLC. And I imagine they've probably already picked the next five or however many are in the next pack. I'm going to guess it's going to be another five. Uh, that would be my prediction. But um, I would guess that they've already picked those guys. So I'm pretty sure this is Blizzard saying, hey, hey, Take remember us? Please? Please? Can we get a ticket, guys? <laughs> Which I don't think is necessarily undeserved. But I feel like maybe Overwatch is not the game. I feel like there's a lot more iconic characters from fucking Warcraft and And Diablo. And Starcraft, yeah. Yeah, put Kerrigan in. Yeah, or fucking uh, Sylvanas from Warcraft. Yeah. Would be really fucking badass. Or uh, Thrall. Just make defense of the Smash Bros. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. Or, uh, but then going back to Diablo, uh, you could have um, Deckard Kane. I would take. I would take. We, Deckard we don't Kane. have enough old guys. Stay in a Smash. while and listen. <laughs> and his side B is his B is just his neutral B is just stay a while and listen. And if you're in the <laughs> AOE, you have to just sit there. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> Right, um, but fucking Diablo is pretty cool, and it's it's got several good characters too. So that you know, I and I feel like Diablo and Warcraft are both a hundred times the icons that Overwatch is right now. Yeah, and Overwatch could get there eventually, maybe. It but could get there if Blizzard Activision was going to commit to making good games as opposed to profitable games. Yeah. Uh, especially since right now I feel like Overwatch is in kind of a time where hype has died down a little. Like, they announced a Switch port, and basically the internet was like, I already played that. (laughs) And I'm like, I haven't, but everybody else is like, they already played that, so I'm not going to have anybody to play with. So should I buy the Switch port? Maybe? I'm still not sure if it has cross-play at all. Uh, I think it does. Um... I still have the PC version, and I haven't really given it a proper play. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it looks fine, but, you know, I, I feel like hype has really died down, and I don't see them getting a Smash representer for Overwatch ever. That's it, it's just my take. It, it could happen. I don't see it coming. Anyways, moving on. Uh, I'll take at least two Smash games. New interview this week with the developers on Game Informer has revealed that Pokemon Sword and Shield will have 18 gyms. That's... Holy shit. Yeah. So, basically, they're going to Also, have, that's a really weird number. Well, 18 is the number of types of Pokemon there are. So, there's going to be one gym for each type. Ah. So, fire, fairy, flying, electric, and so on. Uh, so, each gym is going to have their own type. And they're furthermore going to be segmented. Some of them are going to be major league gyms, and some of them are going to be minor league gyms, which it's kind of ambiguous exactly what that means now. But it seems like, I'm going to assume that it's like you have to beat the major league gyms to get to the Pokemon Championship, and then the other ones, maybe they're just going to be optional or uh, side content, something like that. It's kind of how it sounds to me, but it I, obviously it's, you know... I was thinking of the Pokemon point. Gold and Silver thing where they had uh, 
they had the region from the red and blue games mm-hmm. and all of those gems. I was wondering if it was a similar thing, but that's right. just a weird number of gems to have. Mm-hmm. Also, an interesting thing for this is uh, between each version, some of the gems are going to be minor league and different ones will be major league, uh, depending on the version. So, like in Sword, I think the uh, Ghost Gym is a major league gym and in shield it's going to be the fighting gym instead and the ghost league is going to be minor league so i think that's actually kind of interesting so you get yeah. to fight the same gyms but they're going to be a little bit different fights between your versions give a little bit more a little bit more diversity to what's actually the difference between because most of the time in pokemon games it's like here's two versions you really don't need to play both but if you do, then you can get all the Pokemon, and that is the literally the only reason to buy both. But in this case, it's like, okay, now they're actually adding in this kind of thing, and you can you can still get different Pokemon. So maybe they're kind of trying to diversify the difference between the two games, between which I think, might, I think that might be cool. Uh, they said the idea behind it is kind of like in the Galar region, it's kind of like in seasons, like with a sport. So some gyms at some time of the year could be minor league, but then they could go up to major league if they were doing well in the season. Uh, so I kind of wonder if that'll be like uh, play into the game later down the road if they'll give updates that'll like change it depending on the season or something. Be like, oh, now these are kind of curious my to see major how it shakes out. Leagues. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think that'd be really cool and add a lot of replayability. Because like you go through the game once and it's like, okay, that's fine, but then you know. In three months, if they release an update that changes what gyms are minor and major league, then it's like it's going to be a totally different game, almost. Uh, obviously, you know, same story, but you know, fighting the gyms will be totally different. You'll have to go in with a different team, maybe. You know, suddenly the ice gym and the dragon gym are major league, and you know your team isn't equipped to do that. That's going to be that it's could be that could add a lot. It's of the breath really cool, of the like, wild things. of uh, Pokemon games. Mm. Can you imagine that? Where you could just go straight to the Elite Four without grabbing all the badges. Uh-huh. <laughs> take them on immediately. Right. Yeah, it'd be kind of convenient. <laughs> all right. And uh, last news topic. Um, John Kirby passed away this week uh, at the age of 79. John Kirby was um, a lawyer who in the mid-80s defended Nintendo, actually, in a pretty high-profile case where they were sued for copyright by, I believe, Universal Studios over their new character, Donkey Kong, Uh, which I never heard the entire story, but it sounded basically like something was an issue when they were trying to defend King Kong. And basically, they won the case thanks to uh, John Kirby's good lawyermanship. Good. Lawyery. Lawyering. Yeah. Able defense. Yeah, that. Anyways, um, so uh, they Nintendo actually went on to use him for a number of years, and uh, he uh, actually is the namesake for Kirby. The uh, little pink puffball guy was actually named after John Kirby by uh, Shigeru Miyamoto because, you know, he really kind of developed a bond with this lawyer after that whole thing, after he defended the character that Miyamoto created. So I thought that was kind of interesting little tidbit, and uh, so may you rest in peace. We will drink to you, John Kirby. Uh, 
Anyways, uh, that's all the news topics, I believe. Oh, we missed one. Hold on. Was this the okay. Wendy's one? Yeah, hold on. We missed the most important one, uh, except for John Kirby dying. That was kind of cool. Um, kind of cool? <laughs> I mean, not kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> fuck you. The story was cool, and, you know. The story, yeah. Yeah. I appreciated the story. John Kirby, if you're listening to this from heaven, then uh, sorry, we're not that much of a dick, I think. I mean, I might be. Yeah, Chris is Chris is a dick. Fuck Sometimes. Chris. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, the weirdest thing yesterday at the start of the day, uh, Wendy's of all people just made a tweet, uh, announcing the, their first foray into the tabletop RPG (laughs) industry. Man, they're like killing it on the marketing front. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, it's, it's. Almost especially hilarious because it comes hot off the heels of KFC releasing a fucking dating, dating sim, sim for Colonel Sanders. And now we have a tabletop RPG. The tabletop RPG is called Feast of uh, uh, something. Fe- What's it called? Fe- Feast of Legends, I think. Feast of Legends. Yeah. Feast of Heroes. Fe- I forget. Anyways, go look at Wendy's Twitter. It's pinned. Fuck you. <laughs> I, so so it's funny because you mentioned that to me and mm-hmm. then I got on Twitter and like all these game designers were like up in fucking arms about this. Oh really? They were like mad. They were like, no, corporations are the devil. <laughs> they were like, the the fact that they're releasing a game is bad news for all of us. I'm like, maybe you're taking this a little right. Yeah. Too, maybe you're. This is like the Burger King, Burger King releasing dumb games or like the KFC. Uh, dating simulator doesn't make games worse right, yeah, it's, for existing. It's a little bit of a marketing ploy. We get it. But, you know, it's also, you know, a kind of a nod to this industry, which is really something that has not been breached by fast food restaurants. It, it means, before. It means <laughs> RPGs are making the big time again, which yeah. is both good and bad. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know how much... Uh, did you read the book at all? No. Okay, I so I I didn't dive very deep, but I kind of read the basic overview of character creation and started going into some of the classes. Uh, and I think one of the funniest things about this uh, system is that everything is a fucking fast food joke. <laughs> it's Fuck. like, uh, instead of classes, you have orders and you have like, uh, there are separate orders of chicken and separate orders of beef. So you play, you always play the order of the spicy chicken. Is that, you, you, you yeah. could play the order of the spicy chicken. Fuck. It's actually one that I looked through. There's like the order of the spicy chicken sandwich and the order of the crispy chicken sandwich. And, then, <laughs> and so there's all these different things. And, um, but the, what's interesting about this game, as opposed to other tabletops is actually each class kind of comes with its own abilities that act more or less like spells in D&D. So you just and it, it so far from what I'm looking at it doesn't look super customizable, but it looks super approachable. Like I I'm pretty sure somebody like a group of stoners who had never played a tabletop RPG before could look at this book and figure out how to fucking play it. 
it's really straightforward it gives you you know a lot of you know straightforward here's what you do pick this here's your class these are your abilities you know there's no picking spells for forever like in you know some versions of D&D and different things like that which obviously there's the customization aspect of that which is better in those ways but in these ways it's like it's all right here you pick your class this is the shit you can do fucking go so actually i think it's an okay design system from what i've seen and just reading it is funny it's a funny book to read because like if you know anything about tabletop rpgs some of these things you're coming on like okay i kind of get that that's an interesting mechanic it might be really cool but also it's a fucking burger pun or something <laughs> Uh, like, uh, so they have, uh, five base statistics, uh, like in D and D you would have six, but it's, it's got five. It's like strength and dexterity and intellect and charisma. They're called what about tastiness. They're, they're called something else. It's tastiness is not one of them. Oh. That, that would be your charisma, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose. If you look better, you taste better. Something like that. It's like tastiness, spiciness. I don't know. I look okay. Will you taste Mouth me and feel. see if I taste okay? No. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, it's kind of funny. Like, when I was reading the rules, too, it's like uh, in order to put uh, points into your stats, you also uh, – it's kind of like D&D where you roll your 46, uh, but you roll 44 instead, and you have just the raw number instead of dropping a low one. Uh, so you roll 44 to get your stat total, and they call that the 4 for 4 rule. <laughs> Because Wendy's has a four for Fuck four dollar deal. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. It's hilarious. I love reading this book. I'm gonna read it like all the way through just to get all the stupid ass jokes out of the way. Uh, so I am like I'm actually very happy with the creativeness that the writing team went through to to like bring all this. And then it's not only a system; it also comes with like a short campaign in addition to that, just within the base rulebook. Uh, which sounds kind of interesting. So basically, the, so they the story did of it. Better than Wizards of the Coast. Uh, in that regard, actually, yes. Wow. <laughs> um, and it's concise. It's only a hundred-page rulebook, and it's got the rules for creation and all that, and the campaign. So, probably written by like people who were paying attention. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the story is kind of stupid and hilarious too because it's like you uh, are a follower of the great queen wendy of the kingdom of beef or some bullshit like that and of course there's this uh monstrous clown that wants to infest the world's food with frozen beef <laughs> you're just fucking taking down ronald mcdonald <laughs> i can't believe how fucking silly it is i'm like dude i want to play this shit it's so stupid. I play. I I would I would play that for a gag. Yeah, yeah. we're we're gonna play it on the podcast I, sometime. I think at some point. I think the weirdest happen. thing to me in that is that, in kind of how fucking crazy the RPG community is, is like how grave of an insult this has been taken as. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Cause like I don't see it as an insult. I see it as like it's a. F it's a weird gag, I guess. It's a, it's very unexpected for a fast food place to do something like this. But, like, I think it's pretty cool. Because it's like, Wendy's Twitter, particularly, 
is probably as big, if not bigger, than every tabletop RPG-based Twitter in the world. Thank you. That is probably correct. Yeah, uh, like, the only maybe might be bigger than Wendy's is Wizards of the Coast. Maybe. I, I would have to actually look. But... You know, other than that, every tabletop RPG manufacturer, I am 100% certain, has less followers and less of a cultural impact than Wendy's. Like, Wendy's is always going out of their way to do weird shit on their Twitter, like Nugs for Carter and shit like that. <laughs> I retweeted that. I got Carter his Nugs. You didn't get... I'm a help. Oh. <laughs> See, I'm selfish. I want Nugs for me. That, that would help. Maybe you should have. Changed your name to Carter. And, and, like, beat that guy up and stolen his phone so you could get in his Twitter. Change his profile picture. I'm, I'm thinking about second. it. I'm like, how easy is this guy to beat up? And also, where does he live? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, Wendy's is always doing this kind of thing. And so, I feel like them to put tabletop RPGs in the spotlight is kind of... Like, I feel like... It, in a weird way, will get people to pay attention to table pop top RPGs who otherwise would not have. Because, like, weird internet people will see this and they'll be like, okay, I'll try this. And maybe that could springboard them into D&D or whatever other RPG. That m might... I'm like, that might be true. I, I feel like... And they might just play this and decide that RPGs aren't for them. You know, who the fuck yeah. knows? But it's it's not like it's... I don't think it's Quite based on anything. what you're describing, it doesn't sound like it's, like, incompetently made or anything. It sounds like it yeah. was made by someone who's been, like, paying attention to <laughs> RPG design and was able to crank out something that was, like, not crap. Yeah. Which and is incredible. super accessible. It seems like it's... Like, it is probably easier to get into than any tabletop RPG I've ever looked at is I'm going to go that far. It's the easiest, most accessible tables. And I haven't even read most of the book and I can tell that it's that fucking easy to, to do. It's like you get your defense, you get your HP, you get your other stats and you get these attacks from your class and go. <laughs> okay. I'll fucking do it. It's like, that's cool. You know, it, like, I feel like a whole party of people who had never played RPGs before could build a party of characters in 30 minutes. That's a good sign. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's actually a good sign. Make the game a gateway drug. Yeah. To... Different RPGs. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be playing a, a joke... Kind of a joke game... Uh, about chicken sandwiches for more than one or two sessions. Right, probably not. But, you know, if the system is solid, they might, you know, develop it into their own story. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not sure. Because the, the story seemed simple enough that I wasn't sure if it would last through an entire campaign from through all the levels that it's got for each class. Maybe it will. I'm, I'm not sure. Obviously, I, I've i looked at the book for one day. I got to, like, you know, through two of the classes. But, you know, I have a vague understanding of how the rest of the system works because it's so concise. So, I don't know. 
Anyways, uh, is that all we have to say about that? Uh, I think so. I'm like, it's just, we live in a very bizarre time. Mm. Stop getting butthurt about dumb shit. Get butthurt about whatever you want to get butthurt about. That too, but not dumb shit. But not dumb Important shit. shit. Yeah. Like, uh, like tacos. Our brain's on, yeah. Like, like get butthurt when you see a jack-in-the-box taco. Like, you fucking murdered it's that It's an cook. insult to tacos. It, it we is. should burn down the jack-in-the-box. Yeah. We should also not broadcast that. Shh. It wasn't us. Nobody tell. Anyways, moving on. Video game topic of the week. Since I have been at Beer Fest all day, we're going to talk about our best video game drunkenness stories, which can be either us playing video games while drunk or our characters getting drunk in video games. Because both of those can be hilarious, I think. Uh, it's not a whole lot of games that let you get drunk in them, but a Fable. handful of them. Yeah, Fable. Fable's the one I yeah. really remember. You have any hilarious stories of your character getting drunk in Fable? Just the thing I remember about Fable is that you get really drunk and run around and just, and then when you sobered up, you look down and you're just completely fat. Because <laughs> that was the way that game worked. Yeah. It, it had some interesting things like that. And it was like... Because I feel like it was really easy to get fat if you did like like one or two things just off of the beaten like thing. Like, I used meat a lot, I feel like, because it restored a lot of hit points. And then I was just like fat. Like, fucking two levels in. I was like, why am I so fat? It's because all, all I'm eating meat. That's, that's all I eat. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm, like, eating carrots, but it takes forever to get, you know, health restored with carrots. It's like, I'm not sure potion. how this works. Yeah. But health potions weren't nearly as prolific as food in that game. Yeah, that's true. So it's like after you were out of health potions, you often had to rely on food as well. I'm trying to remember when I've actually gotten, like, drunk and played a video game in a way that was notable. Mm. Yeah. That seems oh, like yeah. the kind of thing I would do. Fallout. Right? Fallout 3. Oh, yeah. Got well, drunk and played through the Mothership Zeta storyline. Mm-hmm. And because I get, like, severe, I guess they call it simulation sickness, hmm. uh, I'm just sitting there kind of feeling queasy, just zapping aliens with their own weapons. Hmm. Cool. Another game that lets you get drunk sometimes was uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, it was kind of interesting. Well, because, you know, if you had any beer or whatever, you could drink it and your character would... Like, your camera would just kind of wiggle around in a... Like, almost a figure-eight pattern. And <laughs> your character would kind of zigzag as he walked. And it, it wasn't really debilitating in any way. But it was just, a you know, one of those funny, weird things that they added in. And uh, I actually got an item in some raid or another... That was a pony keg that you could put it down and uh, people could just click on it to add a beer to their inventory. And then they could drink that beer and click it again for another beer. And it would last like 10 minutes of infinite beer. And I'm like, if I could have any one item from video gaming, it would be that. Infinite beer. I'm trying to think of the good items you can get from video games. There's probably a lot of those too. I mean, a hookshot, obviously. A hookshot would be good. I feel like that's another topic. Yeah. We, we, we should save that for another day. Yeah. 
what video game items would be the best to have in real life. Yeah. Yeah. We'll remember that eventually, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I got this pony keg and it became a tradition with our guild. Like whenever we would do a raid before we would go f- challenge a boss, I'd be like, keg time. <laughs> We'd all drink until we barfed and then we drink one more and then we would fight the boss. You drink, fight the boss. Con- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause if you drank in that game, like after a certain amount, your character would just barf. And I would wonder about that. Cause I pretty much only played undead characters in World of Warcraft. How do they get drunk? I don't fucking know. And how do they barf? Yeah. I mean, there's not got to be a lot in there. Right? I'm like, I actually don't have a stomach. You can see my ribs hanging out. Reminds me of the time I was walking across campus. I, I, it was like early in the morning, and I looked at a guy. He was looking down at a skateboard, and he threw up all over himself. And he looked up. And then he threw up all over himself again. I was like, that was weird. What did he say? He didn't say anything. He just kept walking. <laughs> huh. Good for him. I don't know what the point of that story was. Was there a point? No. Okay. I just wanted to distract us for 30, second, 30 seconds to one minute. And now for something completely different. Yeah. Oh, man. Barfing on himself twice while looking at a skateboard. Yeah. I feel like that could totally be a like a Monty Python thing. And now for something completely different. Blech. What the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so any... Uh, let's see. Um, what other games could you get drunk in? I'm trying to think of. Because WoW and Fable were the big ones that I remember. Uh, I played a lot of uh, CRPGs where you could drink and get drunk but they didn't mm. have like a lot of the fun interface right. screws you could get kind of drunk in morrowind i guess with because yeah. the alcohol in that game would just literally like raise your strength and lower your intellect <laughs> which was hilarious when you go and you know you find vivek who's supposed to be like a man who's turned god or some weird <laughs> bullshit and he's one of the most powerful creatures in the game and and I fucking just come into his fucking room and drink 47 Sujamas and hit him with my sword one time. And he died. And he died. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious, because my brother Dan actually came up with this giant strategy to, like, uh, you know, hold Kick him or something. And Yeah, because he was playing some sort of another... Uh, I feel like he did a lot of magic. I don't know if he was a mage or spell sword or so- something like that. He, he wasn't strictly... Nord sword like I was, uh, so he's uh, came up with this whole strategy, and he uh, came home one day. He's like, "I got this strategy, and I'm gonna beat Vivek." And he he does it, and it's like a fucking 15 minute fight or something. It's one of the most intense boss fights he's ever had in any video game. And I fucking I'm like, "Oh, I could beat that, I bet." <laughs> Like, two days later, I'm like, hey, Dan, check this out. And I drink 47 Zujamas and fucking one-shot him. <laughs> it's amazing. He's like, come on! I spent all that time and I could have just drunk 47 Zujamas? And that's why Morrowind was great. <laughs> Morrowind was great for a lot of reasons. <laughs> and that is a lot of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Yeah, video game drunkenness has always been kind of... It's like, I'm trying to think. There was the drunkenness... You could get real drunk in 
uh, Saints Row 2. Hmm. But then you just throw up on the side of the road and sober up immediately. Huh. Wouldn't that be convenient? If throwing up once made you sober. Yeah. That's not how that's that's, not how that that's works. not how that works. <laughs> Cause usually you don't throw up just once. No. Like if you're one, unlucky, you throw up every time you think to drink water. One leads to two. Two leads to ten, and ten will lead to a million zillion. One leads to two. Two leads to ten. Ten leads to suffering. Something, something, something. Complete. Dark side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good cider. I'm gonna rate that a fucking sixteen. That's I don't have a lot of good cider. good drunkenness stories from mm-hmm. games. Yeah, I was trying to think of any. Um, because I actually don't think I've done a lot of gaming while drunk. Uh, when I thought of this topic, I thought of one time that I was playing video games while I was high. <laughs> we're we're in Colorado. Weed is legal. It's okay. It, we yeah, can talk about it's this, fine. I think it wasn't legal when I did it, but it's legal now, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> There's a statute of limitations. Right, yeah. I mean, everybody does something prove fucking dumb in college, and I feel like on on in the grand scheme of things, the dumb stuff we did was a lot less dumb than a lot of other people. I don't know. We did some... We didn't snort condoms and eat Tide Pods. That Yeah, we didn't do that. And we're not going to talk about the one dumb thing we shared. Hmm. It starts with the, le- with the number five. Man, this is just making me even more confused. Five. Hmm. You'll have to tell me about it when we're not recording, apparently. Because that sounds hilarious. Uh, I don't remember it being fun for either of us. <laughs> oh, no, I remember that now. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah, fuck you, that. dick. Why did you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> and now the listener is going to be... The singular listener is going to be very confused. Hey, hey, we have 25 subscribers. 26 now. Actually, we got another one this oh, week. Oh, wow. Yeah, we got 26 subscribers. So thank you for whoever the fuck subscribed to me. Yeah. Um, you're you're wonderful. At least Probably. as wonderful as the other 25 people. Yeah. One of which I think might be me. I'm not sure. I don't think I That would have been hilarious if I won my own giveaway to a free beer. You I would have been like, here's a free beer, me. Gee, thanks, dickhead. Why didn't you give it to a real listener? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah oh speaking of which um if chips is listening i still owe you a beer but i contacted him so so he knows that i owe him a beer so oh, eventually at least a message went to him yeah, yeah so um I'll, I'll message him again and be like hey where do you want me to send your beer money to because he, he lives on the east coast or something i think anyway um so yeah um the very first time that I imbibed in some marijuana um, was actually a hilarious time for a lot of reasons because it was it was the first time I was at a party in college and uh, like I didn't like expect anything like I was just told hey the cast party's at this guy's house and I was like okay who's that guy. <laughs> and 
I guess he was the boyfriend of one of the people in the cast. I'm like, okay, sure, what, whatever. I'll go to the cast party. It's fine. You know, all my buddies are there from the play that we were just in. It's, you know, after last night of the play, I'm like, all right, that'll be pretty cool. And, you know, we're passing around Miller Lights, which was also an interesting night for that because that is the only beer that I have ever drunk and not finished was that Miller Lite at that party. I drank about half of it because I was being polite, and then I put it down somewhere, and I wandered around. I might have went to pee. I might have talked to somebody. And then after a while, I was like, where did I put my beer down? And I wasn't sure, and I wasn't going to investigate because it was Miller Lite. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's it's not worth looking, and I'm not going to get another one. (laughs) So anyways, uh, then... uh, this this guy who owns the house uh, just brings out literally the biggest bag of weed I have ever seen. <laughs> and at that point, I had no idea how huge this bag of weed was. But it, it was, like, like, huge. Like, it was at least a cubic half foot of weed. <laughs> that is a fucking shitload of weed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking about yay big. Like... Like, double that tall. Yeah, and then, like, this kind of wide. And Sean, Sean's showing this for my benefit, so, of course, yeah. you guys don't get to see. But, yeah. so that's, it's, it's, but yeah, it's that's a like, big fucking bag. It would bag. be a foot tall and then, like, half a foot wide. That is like a brick of weed. Yeah, it was fucking huge. And I had no idea. I've never seen weed before. And then he pulls out this three-foot bong. <laughs> We start passing it around. Anyways, at the end of the night, I got a buddy to drive me home, uh, and that was fine. And But I was still, like, completely baked out of my mind. And so I was like, I can't go to sleep like this. Maybe I'll have a hangover. Do you get a weed hangovers? I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to go to sleep like this, so I'm going to go play video games for a while. So I go back down in the basement. I'm like, what is the best game to play while baked? Doom 3. <laughs> and that was the scariest fucking game I've ever played <laughs> because I was high as ball <laughs> and like legitimately Doom 3 is a relatively scary game anyway it's got a lot of good jump scares it's got a lot of good um, kind of just the environments in Doom 3 are really you know very badly Dark lit and, and then you have to like do the thing where you switch to your flashlight and then you switch to your gun so you kind of yeah it really is a good kind of horror suspense kind of feel for it. Um, and then just that feeling when you're fucking stoned was like like ten times that and it was it was hilarious. Yeah. So so that was that was my I got baked and played video game story. Do <laughs> you have any of those? No, I I can't really remember any like that. Yeah, most uh, of the time when we got baked in college, we just went home and watched The Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to leave early that night. Oh. That was sad. You missed Kyle's wizard stick. I missed Kyle's wizard stick. Also missed uh, Nicholas Cage screaming, "Not the bees!" Yeah. I bet there's, like, a few people listening to this podcast right now that are, like, wizard stick. Does that mean something to smoke pot out of or a penis? And and no. (laughs) I mean, yes, but no. (laughs) Would you like to see my magical staff? It's Nobby. (laughs) Nobby is a free elf. (laughs) Uh, Shit. Better than a paid elf. Oh. I'm not paying for that. 
like pillowcase wearing pervert. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I guess if we're done with that, uh, we can move on to drunkenness in tabletops because we're still on a drunken spree. Because uh, that's uh, and I got way more to say about this one. Yeah, because uh, I feel like uh, so. This I kind of thought would be an interesting concept to discuss because we've got several drunkenness stories, I'm sure, of us like literally drinking beer and play. Because, like, most of the time when we come together and play DD, there's beer at the table. Yeah. And also, I kind of thought it would be interesting to bring up the topic of how well drunkenness is handled in tabletops. Have we discussed that on the podcast before? I think I briefly mentioned it at one point. But there's, like, a whole subsystem for it that's been, like, oh, this set off the entire arc of this game because somebody got drunk and did something dumb while drunk. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, the carousing subsystem mm-hmm. that was originally invented by... Bob Dylan. guy named Jeff Reince. Jeff Reince. Was he related to Bob Dylan? I don't think so. Jeff, are you related to Bob Dylan? Jeff doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) But, well, it was basically... Email him and tell him, hey, listen to this podcast, bro. Yeah. Do something like that. (laughs) Uh, Basically, it's a system where you spend this random roll of money, and then... You make a saving throw, and if you fail your saving throw, you do you go on a drunken misadventure, and you roll on a big table like drunken misadventures, and they can be something like, oh no, you slept with someone who was already married, and you gotta like avoid their angry husband <laughs> who is trying to beat the crap out of you, or uh, you accidentally burned down half of the town, <laughs> and now you're on trial. You just wake up and you're on trial. You just wake up. What the fuck? <laughs> Guys, I don't understand. I'm hungover. What did I do? I'm sorry. I think. Or one where, uh, like, one of my characters had... Uh, so so I was playing in this game, and one of my characters had one where... First he joined, um, like, a weird moon cult while mm. drunk. And then later he got drunk again uh, after telling those people to fuck off. And apparently they tried to beat him and mug him, and he prayed to his god and got quested by his god in return for saving his life. And then, uh, to, to make a long story short, that family, his family ended up at inadvertently causing the end of the world. Yeah, those dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... The carousing system's been kind of a mainstay because of the stupid shit that happens with it. Especially, mm-hmm. like, the stupid plot things that can happen. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to have a table where it says, you got drunk, you got blackout drunk, and then you went on this thing, and now you have to resolve this problem, and that's like a whole adventure in itself. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Um, I like the idea of it. Um... In more traditional drunkenness kind of things, I feel like sometimes they're not very well balanced, though. Like, in a lot of them, it's like, oh, you lose two wisdom and you gain a strength or something, a constitute, something. 
Yeah. And it's, it's like, it never really feels like it's doing much for you. It's pretty... That It's like, it's kind of a boring way of handling it. Yeah. And it, it works to an extent in video games to make hilarious situations happen, like drinking 47 Sujamas and hitting Vivek in the face. <laughs> but in a tabletop, I feel like it's not as breakable and... It doesn't feel like it has to be there. And I wonder if there's a better way to handle it, but I can't really think of one. And, and that's why I've been, like, chilling the carousal system is I'm like, oh, you get experience for doing this, but if you fail your role, you get blackout drunk and do go on some stupid misadventure. Right. But I like stupid misadventures, so that might work. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a good system. It's a It's a... It's a fun system. It's a system that generates fun, <laughs> both going into it and coming out of it, even if, like, something bad happens to you in particular. Right. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of an interesting idea. Um, going back to just stories about uh, drunken happenings, um, I remember one campaign I DM'd. Um, I actually accidentally flung the player characters into the far future because <laughs> I didn't mean to because literally at like level two I uh, I gave them the holy grail like some sort of a dumb shit DM because like I was just making up bullshit uh, uh, you know one of my first handful of times DMing a game for some new players and I'm like oh, some guy says he found the holy grail they're like oh, okay sure whatever we'll go quest for the grail and then they you know, they are supposed to retrieve it and bring it back to this guy, and they get to this room like Indiana Jones with, like, a hundred cups, and one of them finds, like, the most simple plain-looking cup, like, in uh, uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, where it's, like, there's all these ornate cups, and there's this one, like, shitty-looking clay cup, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's the one for Jesus. You know, he wasn't all that vain and whatever. So I that was a cool end kind of a cool thing in Indiana Jones but uh, so he finds that one and he drinks out of it and he fucking dies <laughs> he's like nope wrong one you're dead I'm like he's like oh well I guess I brought that on myself and the next one's like I'm gonna find a coffee cup with the name Jesus on it he's like number one Jesus <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then the rest of the party drinks out of this and they're all fucking um made him well well actually it was um Let's see, somebody says that as a joke, I think. And then I, literally I said there was 100 cups in there and they had a 1% chance of finding the right one if they just grabbed it. And uh, I, one of the players was just like, yeah, it didn't work for Kyle, so I've got a higher percent chance than he did. Grabs a cup. <laughs> drinks it. Actually, Kyle might have been... Kyle was the one who died. Yeah. Uh, and I think Kyle was also the one who said the number one Jesus cup. So I think he found the number one Jesus cup and drank out of it and fucking turns into... a a skeleton and ash and dies like an Indiana Jones. Wrong cup, sorry. Try again. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't. You're dead. Uh, so that the next guy fucking rolls the D100 and fucking rolls it right on. And he's like, oh, here's the holy grail. Glug, you're immortal. What the fuck? <laughs> and then they just pass it around the party because why the fuck wouldn't you? Everyone was immoral. And everyone was immoral. Uh, anyways, later on in Adventure, I, I so I started kind of dealing with this just by throwing at them, like, things that could get around their immortality. Like, oh, you're fighting this thing sent by Bacob. It's So it's, it's you know, 
divine or some bullshit. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so eventually they're in some sort of temple and they go like way down to the bottom of this temple and somebody does something stupid and they end up collapsing the entire temple down to it and and all of them are crushed underneath the temple but they're all immortal so none of them die <laughs> and so the only one that can get out is a character who at some point in the campaign died and, and i just let him come back as a ghost yeah and so i just made up these stupid ass ghost rules that i'm like yeah you can keep your character but uh 50% of the time, you're completely intangible. So, like, every time anybody would attack him, he had a 50% mischance. And any time he would attack anybody or try to do any action, he would have a 50% chance of just failing because he phased through whatever item he was... So he goes to the top and just, like, fart stuck in... fucking starts digging. <laughs> and every, you know, six seconds, he drops his shovel because he becomes intangible. And then he picks it back up, and then he starts... <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it takes you, I don't know, fucking 10,000 years, but you get him out. And they're like, hey, finally. What the hell, man? <laughs> so you didn't really fling him into the future so much as make him sit at the bottom of a pile of rubble for 10,000 years? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't make him do that. That would have been a hilarious adventure for later, for, like, another pile of adventurers to explore some ruins and find, like, Just some immortal guy. Just a ghost trying to dig. <laughs> And then they find these immortal guys, like, buried in the rubble. Hey, buddy, can you get me out of here? <laughs> I'm immortal, but I'm only level two. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, anyways, back to the alcohol part of this. Uh, I had another character of ill repute. I should include that in my campaign. Just a random ghost digging. <laughs> trying to dig. <laughs> keep start dropping his shovel. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you remember Zaxix. Yes. Uh, was one of my characters that... Um, at some point in his long career, uh, got some divine ranks and became the god of alcoholic beverages and social gatherings at which alcoholic beverages are consumed. Uh, so, beer and parties. <laughs> He's the frat bro god. Or something. Anyways, uh, he was also a very good chef. Weird. Fact. Yeah. It was like the first thing I picked when I was picking his skills was profession chef. Because why the fuck not? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyways. Um, so he was one of the characters who had come up in our campaign every now and then. I just used him as a plot hook. Just be like, hey, uh, here's a quest or something. And so... Um, he was dealing with something at the time, and so he couldn't see to this thing, but he had decided to take a bottle of Everblue at some point and age it for a thousand years and then drink it just to see what happens. And he got horribly, horribly drunken and sick and barfed up a portal to hell. <laughs> and then he was like, I don't want to deal with this. So he, uh, he comes in and teleports into the players and is like, hey, guys, I need you to kill a bunch of demons. I'm dealing with something else right now and teleports the players to the demons. And literally it was just a challenge where like they had to figure out how to close the portal and every round two more beholders come out of the portal. So at that point they were really high level too. So they're like level 20 or something. So I think uh, they were like fucking, you know, eating the hell out of these beholders, but... Yeah, it's beholders are kind of bitches past a certain point. Yeah. Boulders are bitches. Chris about that. 2019. Yeah. Uh, that on a t-shirt. Where Do you know where Everblue came from? No. Because 
I first heard about it in your games, mm-hmm. and then I started using it in my games, but I don't know what the original source is. I don't know. My brother Josh used it occasionally, um, so for people who are listening to the podcast wondering what Everblue is, it's basically like some sort of magic-ass uh, Everclear, so stupidly highly alcoholic, and also stupidly highly magically volatile, so I've had, like, depending on the DM, we've had, it's been passed around in my group since, like, a long time ago, too. I don't, so I'm not sure, I could ask around, and I'll see maybe who invented it, or if it came from a source book somewhere a long time ago, I don't know, but, um, we've, we've had different handlings for it, so some of them would be, like, uh, they, you know, you drink and then you'd, uh, automatically be, like, at the maximum drunkenness, and also you'd take, like, a prismatic effect or some bullshit, and, uh, one of our DMs would be, like, you take a drink and he draws from a deck of many things, <laughs> and all sorts of weird shit like this, depending on the DM, they, they just make something up, I think, um, and when so- Zach Six drank a thousand-year-old bottle of it, he barfed a portal to hell. <laughs> So, a player of mine ended up, when they went crowsing, they ended up rolling that they drank Everblue and caused a couple of magical effects. <laughs> and one of the, the things that happened was that they caused another moon to spring into existence mm. three days in the past. Ooh, Majora's masky. <laughs> I said, oh, uh, when you look up at this... So, the day doesn't end for another 45 hours... And also, a moon is a, a new blue moon that's one-tenth the size of the regular moon is up in the sky now. And also, you remember it being there three days ago. With a giant angry face? It was like a normal moon. It was like moon dust. Mm. It was blue. Okay. It was... If I remember right, I think... I think alcohol's been the focal point of more games than it should have been. Probably. Like, the game where someone sold four bottles of wine, one of which they didn't know was poisoned to one of the lords of the city. Mm -hmm. And then he went and he served it to his entire family, and they all failed their saving throws, and they all died. Nice. (laughs) And this caused my players... To freak the fuck out. <laughs> and uh, they thought he had hired someone to come and resurrect him as part of like a contingency plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they thought, we can't let him be resurrected or else he'll blame us for selling him the poisoned wine. So they shot a fireball at his funeral procession. <laughs> and ran around in, like, in front of it and behind it after that and caused the guards to come after them. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, I've got a couple other drunkenness stories. I, I feel like a lot of them come back to Doc. Doc yeah. is a pirate character of mine that's been in several of our campaigns, and I, I throw him in as an NPC sometimes, too, just for fun. Um, He's been in games, like, totally out of genre. Yeah. Like, like four-color double tap. And Ravenloft. Ravenloft. Well, Ravenloft... Ravenloft, he was, like, he was like a big player in Ravenloft. Yeah, but he wouldn't. You wouldn't maybe have expected him. I don't even remember why I played him in Ravenloft anymore specifically. But I just was like, I'm gonna play Doc. 
Sounds like fun. <laughs> okay. And actually, I think I played him probably in that campaign more than any other. Um, but yeah, so Duck is my pirate character, and you know his fatal flaw was he was addicted to grog and fishing. Uh, so he's, you know, a lot of times when I had him as an NPC, if I didn't want him to join the fight, he'd be just be like, no, nope, uh, you guys go on the adventure. I'm going to drink grog and fish. <laughs> um, so there was, there was a fair amount of that. And um, Doc also got into some interesting situations. He ended up becoming an expert fisherman because I, I put ranks into my survival skill uh, to fish just every level that was one of the things that i put my two skill points into i had spot and survival and survival was all based for fishing because <laughs> i'm a barbarian i don't get dick for skills um so i um at one point we got to a stupid high level and i had like a over a f plus 40 bonus to my check i think for survival for fishing and um I remember one time we come into a pub and the guy's like, I don't have any grog. You take some wine. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll take a bottle of wine. And uh, just a random fact that uh, the uh, player's handbook describes impossible tasks or theoretically impossible tasks as being a DC 45 check. And so I dropped my line into that bottle of wine and I rolled a 47. So I rolled high enough to succeed in a theoretically impossible check of catching a fish in a bottle of wine. Caught that Where fish. Was it hiding? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? But I caught it. Doc being trapped in hell and just trying to fish out leviathans. Yeah, that was an interesting one too, because uh, at one point my character died or was on the brink of death or something um, and... I ended up uh, having uh, an idea of just like, okay, I'm Doc. I guess I'll do what I know best. I'll drink grog and fish. So the only river close by is the River Styx. <laughs> so I start fishing in the River Styx, and I caught a leviathan or something. It starts dragging me all around, and somehow it brought me back to consciousness, just uh, reeling in this uh, leviathan from the River Styx. And then I got back up, and I, you know, started fighting again. It was a kind of an interesting uh, little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any ideas for how drunkenness could be better handled, if not carousal, for an actual, like, semi-normal drunkenness kind of idea? So, like, not a... You're all on this table, and this is what happens while you're drunk? Yeah. Uh, the way... Because... Well, that's cool, but I feel like it has uh, limited uses because you can't like be like, oh, you're on this adventure and then you get drunk partway through I feel like and here's what mechanically happens. The best way to handle it is situational. Because mm -hmm. uh, the last time I had to judge drunkenness is when one of my players was like in a really desperate situation where he's just sitting like next to a bar by all of these corpses and there's, like, this giant monster blocking the exit and a bunch of players fighting him and one guy roasting alive and screaming. So he's just taking, like, <laughs> drinks and firing his gun at it. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was like, okay, you have, like, this huge penalty to hit because, you know, you can't aim worth shit if you're drunk. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I feel like I would handle it differently in another situation. Hmm. Yeah, I think case by case might be a good answer. Just because, like, you know, it's hard to tell. Because drunkenness really affects a lot of things. So mechanically, it's hard to just say, here's your raw penalty to stuff because you're drunk or something. Because you could say that to intellect, but that wouldn't actually affect your ability to shoot a gun in most RPGs. Yeah, so uh, it would just be... So would it affect your intelligence and your dexterity and your charisma? Y- you know, it's at a certain point, then it's like, okay, well, now it's literally not worth it to ever drink for any reason. <laughs> you know, once you've got it stacked on top of every literal thing that it affects. Um, so maybe that I is feel, kind of an... I feel like in Unknown Armies, Dipsomancy had it good in that it was like a negative, a penalty to everything. Uh-huh. But... Also, you that's how you got your magic was right. drinking. Yeah, I did that once. You kicked off a guy's head with hockey skates. Because I stole the Stanley Cup. Yeah. That was my drinking focus. <laughs> Drank booze out of the Stanley Cup to get charges to kick off guys' heads with <laughs> hockey skates. Yeah. That was actually a pretty fucking cool character. I like that. <laughs> uh... A lot of those, a lot of effects for drugs in particular would be best handled case-by-case basis because of how complex the effects can be. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure that most DMs aren't going to, like, look at Eurowid and read through all the fucking stories of people telling their experiences of drugs and being like, yes, this is how I will model this. (laughs) Yeah. So sometimes it's useful to be like, here's a good baseline for what to expect. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad idea. Um, it almost might just be better to wing it and have no specific mechanical effect. Um. Yeah. And just, you know, oh, when it comes up, you know, something like that, where it's a case-by-case thing, but you're just kind of going with the flow. Um, I actually just thought of a kind of an idea. And, um... I had an idea. It involved a D100 table, so I loved it. <laughs> um, I also like D100 tables. Yeah, they're handy for just about everything, aren't they? But yeah, um... Hmm. Now I'm trying to think of what the fuck my idea was. Because I was like, hold on, we could just have a D100 table for drunkenness. But now I'm like, hold on, wait, how does that work? What was I thinking? I had an idea in my brain, and now it's gone. You'll, you'll think of it again after the podcast is over. That's yeah, how this works. Probably. Um, yeah. So I'm going to make a D100 table. <laughs> um, maybe a D100 table. Well, no. Now all the D100 table ideas I think of are stupid. (laughs) It's like, it would work maybe sometimes, but not most of the time. Hold on. And the one I just thought of was like, good. Damn it. Now I feel dumb. I'd say I have to drink, but I'm not drinking tonight. If it's any consolation, I I read a uh, D50 table of random things your mercenary band is expected to do. Huh. It's like a bunch of adventure seeds. Hmm. It's not bad. Yeah. I wrote a D100 table of random encounters. 
I would read that, but I feel like I'd get spoiled by it. And also, I've been the victim of that. You have. Yeah. <laughs> Columns are sleeping in my room from now on. <laughs> Were you the one that got uh, Big Bertha? I Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was. Big Bertha, the big beholder. Really, she was just a small-town beholder who was down on her luck. And, like, there was this whole big RP section that you could have done with her. And, and like... I think I instead just killed her. Yeah, you did. You were just like, there's a fig in my butt, and I want it out. <laughs> I don't like things in my butt. Let me be clear. <laughs> Do you know what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass? Yes. This is what, what happens, happens when, you when you fuck a stranger, stranger in the ass. Helps. Uh... This is what happens, Jerry. When you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Big Lebowski references aside, what do you bring today, Chris? Now it's time for Chris Brings a Thing. I brought the Terratic Tome by Raphael Chandler. Is he Chandler? related to Raphael the Ninja Turtle? Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. Like, it's spelled differently and everything. Hmm. But, uh, I'd like you to take a look at this monster, and then That's... take a look at the size of these people here. That's a neat monster, and those are not very big people. Like, this fucking thing is bigger than a terrorist. And this is basically uh, kind of an alternate monster manual, but all of the monsters are, like, really weird, unique things that have unique motivations, like mm. a monster that, like, kidnaps people and turns them into art. Huh. So are they, like, all Godzilla kind of fucking size, or is it... Uh, a lot of them are. Uh... Also, there are a lot of tits in this book. I found some tits just now. Yeah. Cool. That's not tits. Yeah, that's a... Uh, that might be a weird tentacly dick, but... It kind of, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, page eight for anybody reading along at home. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Yeah, actually, lots of weird kind of creatures in here. That's kind of interesting. Look, more tits. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So all sorts of different uh, weird uh, monsters, huh? Yeah, and mo these monsters are all uh, unique in this in the sense that you can put them. You could grab one of these monsters, and it could be like an adventure all on its own. Hmm. At least for a lot of them. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. Um, I like anything that's modular like that. Um, that you can just be like, oh, I'm going to take something out of here and shove it in my campaign or whatever. And uh, especially if it's like not just monsters, but monsters that are, you know, in some cases the scale enough to actually be a whole adventure in your campaign. That's pretty cool. And lots of tips. Yeah, like... us. A staggering number of tits. Have you, have you counted the book. tits? I have not. Like sometimes there's tits in RPG books, and it's fine. But but like this is a lot, and it's yeah. I mean it's still fine. I don't actually care. Yeah, how big, uh, but, uh, like uh, <laughs> yeah. We're not part of the war on tits. Yeah, we embrace tits. Yeah, and, and blue hair anime boys. It, well, fifty percent of the members of this podcast. Embrace blue-haired anime. Boys. You know what? That's true. <laughs> and oh boy, do we embrace them tenderly. Thank you. Thank you for that, Sean. <laughs> All right. 
So uh, I guess that's probably all the podcast for now, unless you have any more to say about that. Um, looks kind of cool. So uh, what would you rate that on a 3 to 17? I'd rate it about, I would say, a 15. Say Pretty solid. I, I, Very modular. Uh, could you make a whole campaign just out of that shit? Uh, you probably could. I'm not sure I would want to try. I feel like it's best. It would be kind of a best seasoned with other things. Okay. But cool. In terms of just being able to pull out some big-ass monster that is unique. Uh-huh. Does, does unique things, has unique motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, you could certainly do worse. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in that case, as always, I am Sean Michael Patrick Thompson, and I'm your host. Um, Shortly, I will have a review posted on twoguysplayingzelda.com for uh, the remake of Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. So check uh, on the website. That'll be posted pretty soon. Uh, My last article was a review of Cadence of Hyrule, uh, which is slightly late because that game came out three months ago. Uh, But this one I actually got to on time, so... It's, it's better. Good. Um, yeah, you can find me writing all sorts of other articles there. i got opinion articles and top fives and other reviews. Uh, I've got a review of every game in the Zelda series now. Um, every canon game in the Zelda series, I should say. Uh, and, Not the CDI games? I, I have a review of one of the CDI games that I did as an April Fool's article one year. That's, that's kind of how we became friends. Yeah, it is. Because... We were in writing class, and you were like, hey, the CDI games are better than Ocarina of Time. And I think I said, I hate you. <laughs> and the friendship bloomed from there. Yeah, that's, that's, how you, that's how you made friends. If you were Chris. If you were me. <laughs> I made friends by playing the bagpipes and seeing who talked to me. Great bagpipe playing. Surprisingly oh, enough, it, like I got like... Actually, I was surprisingly popular by the end of high school. Like, not, like, popular like everybody wanted to bang me, but popular like most people knew my name. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, Stacy. That sounds like the name of somebody who everybody wanted to bang, doesn't it? I don't know. Stacy. Did you want to bang a Stacy? I don't... I'm not even sure any Stacys went to the school. They probably did, but I feel like actually in our generation, Stacy is a very uncommon Un- name. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's common enough that, like... Like, it's common, but it's not common in our generation. Actually, no. I, now that I'm thinking of it, I don't think I've ever met a Stacy that I can think of. What about Grantilda, though? Grantilda. Grantilda. Is that, uh, is that your name? What? No. How about Todd? Todd sounds like a bangable kind of like football player guy. Yeah, I guess. Did you know any Todds? Uh, not that I can think of. All right. Not any I would bang, anyway. <laughs> All right. So everybody wanted to bang Todd and Stacy, whoever the fuck they are. Yeah. But everybody knew my name. Which is funny, because the first year in high school, everybody knew me as Dan's brother. And then the second year... And most of the third year in high school, everybody knew me as Bagpipe Kid. And then my senior year, literally, like, everybody knew my name, and I would just, like, meet people that I didn't think I'd met before, and they'd be like, hey, Sean, how you doing? I'd be like, who the fuck are you? I mean, hi. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Chris, partially last name redacted, Audette. Hi, I'm Chris. Sean still hasn't played Undertale, Audette. 
you can find some of my writings on DriveThruRPG. I co-wrote Five Cataclysms Core Rules Beta Edition. You can pick that up for pay what you want. If you played like an old school D&D-ish system, we got some extra mechanics in the back, so they're probably worth picking up for that. I also put out uh, House of Flowers, which is a dungeon you can pick up, also pay what you want, which I recommend for picking up, at least for the D100 magic items table, and for other stuff. It's, 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 if you can get, if you can read it, it's good. And then you should also pick up my co-author stuff, who also writes under Five Cataclysms, and all of his stuff is good, but you have to pay money. Do you have anything that's recommended for our illiterate listeners? Uh, I would recommend Descent into Madness for Steps. Is it like... Which is bad for illiterate listeners, because, you know, they can't read it. <laughs> so uh, check that out. Or check out something and assume that it's that. You have no fucking clue. You're illiterate. Yeah. What are you doing? How, how did you find this podcast? <laughs> they were just illiterate. clicking random buttons. They were looking for, like, a real podcast. You Can mean I one find... that isn't just two guys bullshitting? I mean, that's what... To be fair, that's what most podcasts are. Yeah. But they do it a little differently and slightly more structured than we do. So that makes us unique, right? That's true. And we drink more beer than most of other podcasts, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's probably Like, also. especially most gaming pod- Like, I bet there's, like, craft beer podcasts out there that drink more beer than us, but that's about it. And we're like a craft beer and video games podcast. And tabletops. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Alright, and until next time, we will see you next time on Drink to the Past. We're not even gonna do the thing where we, uh... I mean, of course we are. Oh, okay. But, you know. uh, We have to have a word to go out on, I guess. Maybe, Maybe a catchphrase to go out on. I keep thinking of a catchphrase to go out on, and I never think of anything good. Yeah, and I always gotta, like, progressively amp up, like, the weird, creepy factor until we just can't continue anymore. I'll drink to creepy. Is that still recording? It should be. God, I hope it is. That'd be awkward as fuck. Oh, yep, it's still recording. Okay, okay, that's good. We're all good. Yeah. Like, do you ever just sit kind of wrong and your balls kind of, like, separate and glue themselves to both sides of your boxers? That's why I'm wearing a kilt right now. Yeah, I imagine that would stop that. Yeah, generally. Yeah. Wearing a kilt is good for many reasons. You know, I, I, I've the, I've never worn a kilt properly. Yeah, because you did that. You did wear a kilt once for one of our sketches with. Yeah. In creative writing class, but you wore pants under it or something, didn't you? Yeah, I wore pants under it. Are you afraid of my ball sweat? I'm afraid of my ball sweat. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, you can't escape it. Sorry to tell you, Chris. You're stuck with your own ball sweat. I'm just like... Why do the testicles knock together? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't expect you to have an answer for that. Unless there's a blue hair and anime boy involved, then I know exactly why they knock together. That still doesn't make a lot of sense. (laughs) Well, I came on this show drunk. What did you want from me? No, like, for the first time in Drink to the Past history, I'm more sober at the end of the podcast than I was at the start. That's incredible. Yeah. 
I don't... Yeah, I think that's the first time. Like, now my headache is gone, and I'm just tired. But still, like... I feel like being tired is almost as good for loopiness as being slightly tipsy. Yeah, I feel like... So, they, uh, that should add to our zaniness factor. Is that why people listen to us? Zaniness? Or the creepy shit at does. the end? It's the creepy shit at the end. Like, that's a lot to listen through to get to this. Yeah. But maybe they love the other stuff, too. They come for the creepy shit, and they stay for the They come for the creepy shit, and they come for talking. the other stuff. What do you come for? Uh, big titties, mostly. All right. No blue-haired anime boys? I mean, not really. Hmm. Not really means maybe? Like, I'm... I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of a blue-haired anime boy that I'd, I'd be like, yeah, that's it's worth drifting it to. But I'm not thinking of one. You forgot about Crom? Like, I'm like, no, like I'm, I'm fine with Crom. I'm fine with Crom. Mm-hmm. I like his daughter better. That's fair. That's fair. Lucina's reasonably not too ugly. Yeah. Like, I would... I don't know, Crom's, like, way hotter than Lucina, though. See, I feel like this is a matter of taste. Could be. And oh boy, does it taste good. <laughs>